This is the future. Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope that you're doing well because I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. It's the MFR Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and germs, number 36. That is correct. Oh, I forgot to change the name. Just says the MFR Podcast, number 36. Well, I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. Go back and change that later after we cover some really fascinating topics, some world-changing events, and I'm going to crack them open, get all into it, make it really super interesting. That's what I'm going to do. That's what's happening today. How are y'all? Yeah? Y'all doing great? Hello, Ruben. Ruben likes Luke and Wendell. Everybody likes Luke and Wendell. They're the true stars of Foulball Productions. It's not your boy. It's them, too. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm here. I'm here to stop in the show and say, what's what's up? How How's everybody feeling? Hmm? Are you, are you out there making a difference? Are you making more people smile? Well, I hope so. I certainly hope so. Because that's truly what li- life is all about. Making other people smile. Holding their hand. Asking if you can help in any way. Just Just being a good friend. That's how it goes. Ah, well, as much as I'd like to do Wendell the entire show, you know, I don't think he can carry an hour by himself. We'll find out one day, though. You know, if I get bored, if I feel like shaking it up, just do Wendell all day. And Luke is sleeping somewhere. He's off sleeping somewhere. He can't be bothered with you people. He's the star. He doesn't need to pander. He doesn't need to come on the stream and try to connect with an audience. He knows he's big shit. He knows it. Speaking of big shit, y'all happy to see my short? I put out a short about uh, progressive dating, which I thought was pretty funny. 10,000 views. 10,000 views on that short. I was quite proud, quite pleased with the outcome there. Got my channel all the way up to 1,786 subscribers. 
And then YouTube felt that I didn't deserve four of those, so brought me back down to 1782. And I imagine that slide will continue because for whatever reason, YouTube just doesn't want this channel to grow. I don't know what I did to offend them. Maybe it's my constant challenging of the narratives, my cuss words. I don't know. But they really do make it quite clear. They don't want me to grow. But that's okay. I'm going to keep bringing content to you lovely folk who do hang around, to you wonderful people. Ruben, are you spamming the chat? <laughs> oh, Jesus, Ruben. Oh, my God. Can't stop laughing when you hear one. Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. That makes me smile. That makes me smile. That warms my soul, Ruben. You're a good man. Good fella. Hello, low-spec Linux laptop. Hello, emotionally unstable amphibian. Howdy, gentlemen. Howdy. Uh, if y'all have not subscribed because... You know, YouTube, like I said, made it quite clear they want to suppress me. Don't know why. Wish they'd stop. Um, but uh, in an effort to appease them and appease the algorithm, I'm putting all these live streams on another channel. So all of my MF or podcast shows after 24 hours are going to come down off of this channel and go to a new channel, which I just put in the chat, the MF or podcast, aptly named, I feel. And uh, go subscribe over there. You see all the old episodes, all the new episodes. That's where that's, everything's going to live for the future of the MFR podcast, which I'm fairly certain will take YouTube by storm. I mean, it hasn't yet, but I have no reason to think that it won't. So uh, go be one of the first. You can be one of the first 10 because I think there's only like five or six subscribers over there. So go on over to MFR podcast. Subscribe so you can see all these episodes. If you don't see them live, that's where you'll catch them. And you watch the old ones. You can watch my interview with Chrissy Mayer. Steph, my nerdy home, Max von Priestley, and others, and hopefully more to come. Hopefully more fun guests in the future. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So give that a sub if you don't mind. I would appreciate it. I don't have all the episodes up there. That takes a while. It takes longer than you'd think, to be honest. I was, like, uploading, like, a bunch at once, and the upload speed crawled, and then the computer, like, like shut itself off. Like, it went to sleep, and it had to redo them all. So I got to do it like once in a while. I'm trying. One at a time, trying to get them all up there. It's going to take a little while, but after after they're all up, should be easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. So go check that out. Thank you, Ruben. You like my shorts? I appreciate that. I like them too. Bringing a lot of new eyes to the channel. Some subscribers, some people coming back for more. I don't know. Working on another sketch at the moment. Got more more in the tank, you know. More More coming down the pike, as they say. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for all that stuff. That's it. That's going to be the show. Thanks, guys. Just a commercial for all my other projects. Just kidding. Just kidding. What do we have going on today? What is up? Got, uh, <laughs> this is pretty funny. This is a good one to start off with. I appreciated this one. This is coming from The Blaze. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed. It's kind of gone under the radar. But somehow in Hollywood... Uh, a lot of projects, a lot of actors, a lot of legacy characters have been replaced by uh, maybe the gender or skin color of not necessarily the one it was originally intended to have. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's, it's been a little thing. Some people have talked about it. Some people haven't. Uh, but uh, South Park is all over it, which is pretty friggin' funny. So, South Park brilliantly mocks woke Hollywood by swapping race and gender of beloved cartoon characters, which is just the best. 
<laughs> Look at Cartman. Look at sassy Cartman. That's great. Well, there's a little video. Just play the video for you because it does kind of rule. Where are we? Where is it? Here it is. Let's check it out. It's a brand new exclusive event with all your favorite South Park characters. There's Cartman. I had explosive diarrhea all night. Stan. Dude, school is going to be so awesome today. Butters. Oh, hamburgers. And oh my God, they killed Kenny. I like big boobs. How does this even make any sense? It makes perfect sense. I think the problem is you. South Park, new exclusive event streaming October 27th exclusively on Paramount Flash. Paramount Flash. Exclusively on Paramount Flash. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love that South Park got into that. That was pretty funny. And it's funny they're doing it to their own characters and just acting like it doesn't mean anything. And they all have like the same. Do you notice they all have like the same posture? Which I thought was great because it's like so consistent with like the uh, the way they cast these characters. Like look, that kind of like hip to the left, like kind of sassy, like I don't give a fuck. They all have the same exact posture. <laughs> Hand on the hip, like, mm-hmm, I'm powerful, short hair, all aggressive, somewhat masculine. Pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Good for South Park getting into that. I think they're, they're, they're appropriate. They're the appropriate vehicle to uh, to smash that down, which is pretty great. So they're saying, in recent years, Hollywood and prominent streaming services have recast roles or originally or historically white characters. Disney's live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid, The Queen Cleopatra, uh, Nick Fury, uh, Idris Elba played Heimdall, uh, Money Penny, and Bond. We all know. I mean, we've been keeping an eye on this for a while. It has been something that has uh, happened, and I think it's it's so obvious and so mainstream at this point. You can't not point it out if you're someone who's funny and you can observe the world around you. Like, I don't know even know how you could. Not even if you don't even have to be funny. You just have to have like a pair of eyes and notice the world. So it does seem appropriate that uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker are taking some shots at the news at the, the <laughs> it's called South Park joining the Panderverse. <laughs> nice. Fourth graders are all now women of color. Brilliant. I think that's great. Keep an eye out for that. That's coming up October 27th. The uh, new episode of South Park streaming. I will check that out. What up, Lord Thoth? Hello, good sir. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for being here, being a part of this creation. Means a lot. Means a lot. Um, I've been fucking busy. It's been a busy couple weeks, I tell you what. Last two nights ago, though, I did manage to make time to go see uh, none other than the comedian Shane Gillis at the Comedy Mothership. And uh, I tell you what, absolute hoot nanny. Absolute hoot. Matt McCusker uh, was the act right before Shane. There were a couple other openers that were pretty good, regulars at the mothership, and it was a blast. Apparently, Shane's uh, moved to Austin. That's what I heard. That's the word around the campfire. I think they were talking about it on their show today, so I'm surely not blowing up information that isn't public. But yeah, I guess they made the migration down to Texas from Philly or New York or wherever they are. That's pretty interesting, man. That is pretty interesting because, like, historically, right, you've got Los Angeles, you got New York. Those are kind of the hubs for pretty much every, you know, every type of, like, 
entertainment, right? Actors, singers, comedians, producers, writers, playwrights, all that shit. Now, every lots of cities have their own little markets, right? You always have like, uh, you know, Atlanta's pretty big for actors because of all the stuff that casts down there and shoots down there. Uh, then you've got all the uh, like Chicago's got their theater and all that. And then you know, each city's got their own little scene, but none of them really are the main stage. The main stage is L.A. and New York, and especially for uh, comedy, for stand-up comedy. You know, you've got the uh, Comedy Store in Los Angeles. You've got the Comedy Cellar in New York City. Those are the big, those are the big stages. If you want to be a comic, you want to be a stand-up comic. That's where you go. That's where you go do it. Um, small time, hey buddy, saying uh, Shane Gill is not getting SNL turned out to be a good thing for the best thing. I didn't even know who he was before that, and now I'm in his Patreon. And I didn't do it because, like, this guy got canceled, woke mob. It just turns out that Shane is hilarious, and he's one of the funniest people working, and one of the funniest people on the planet. Uh, Shane's great. Love Shane. Anyway, uh, now, though, Rogan coming to Austin, Texas, man, he has really shifted the game, you know? I, obviously, that influenced my decision to move down here wasn't the reason, but it was a reason where I was like, hmm, let me go take a look at Austin. You know, what's going on? What's the scene like? I want to check, check, take a look. You know, California was a hellhole, still is. So I was like, let me go take a look. And uh, I happened to really like the city. And so that helped. And then it was like, cool. So I get to be in a cool town, right? And like I said, I've been to Mothership. That was my fourth trip there, fourth or fifth time I've gone. And it's a great, great club, super fun. Uh, you know, great comedy. I've never not seen a good show there, and I've seen a few in the smaller room that aren't like the main stage. And each time, it has been great. Uh, you know, saw some local comics, saw some traveling comics, and uh, you know, it's great. But it's become a destination. It's become a real destination. It's probably the hottest comedy club in the country, the Mothership. You know, it's like every good big act comes in through there. I mean, the Creek in the Cave is a pretty good venue that I think Rogan used to perform at, and Gillis did his special there here in Austin. But even that, I feel like, has really gone by the wayside ever since the Mothership opened up. Um, and it really, it's right there on 6th Street, which is like the most popular part of this, uh, this whole town. And it's, uh, I really feel like it's shifting the tables. Now, Shane's here. Rogan's here. I wonder how much that can really impact like, the future of stand-up comedy, right? I think with L.A., you've got the entertainment industry, so you've got commercial work, you've got television work, you've got all the, you know, little minions that run that business, agents, producers, all that shit. And then in New York, if you're a New York comic, you got, you know, the comedy scene and the best, you know, the crucible of good comedy, but you also have all these other markets you can play. You know, you can drive up and down the eastern seaboard, you can drive out to, like, Ohio, you can go all these places that are close enough as a comic, if you start drawing, that you can go to. Thing is, in Texas, you can really only do that if you start flying. Because there's San Antonio, which is pretty close. But it's so close, it's almost the same market. And then you've got Dallas and Houston, right? And those are both like three and a half hours away, which is not you know that big of a deal. But it's a, it's a drive. You know what I mean? It's a drive to both those cities. And then there's not really much else. Texas is a huge state with a lot of nothing in it, you know? And uh, I wonder, especially for, I'm thinking more just for up-and-coming comics, like, what is the pathway for them? You know, can you start here? Can you come to Austin, Texas with, you know, little to no experience, 
like, come up the ranks and actually become like a prominent comedian? Like, is there is this a big enough market? That's an interesting question because it really is starting to become like, I don't know. They've made the comedy scene independent of entertainment, you know? Not to say that like it's going to depart ways completely, but I mean, we you know, a lot of what we talk about here on YouTube and especially like on the different, uh, you know, like Nerdsphere, Gary and Jeremy and all those guys, all those prominent YouTubers who talk about, you know, RIPA, independent media, all these alternative media options. Well, shit, dude. There's nothing more independent than taking like a mainstay entertainment in, uh, industry like comedy and picking it up and moving it to a whole other city and just be like, this is where it happens now. And, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people moved. I know Segura moved here, obviously Rogan, a few other people, Tony Hinchcliffe. But in the eyes of the world, I think that felt like a little bit reactionary, right? Where it's kind of like everything's going so bad with COVID, you know, we got to get out of here. We got to change, you know, taxation, lockdowns, all that stuff. That's a big reason I left. It's like you go to this different city, you go to this different state to like see a different perspective. But now that that time has passed and now Shane moves here, I wonder what happens next, you know? I wonder if that is the move. Like it's a growing city. It's still a relatively small city. It's kind of like a big small it's like it's like a huge small town is kind of how austin feels it's, it's especially compared to new york and la which are gigantic cities that sprawl in every direction austin's much smaller and like you know there's there's suburbs kind of but not that many so it's an interesting i don't know it's an interesting thing to see what happens in the future i'm really genuinely curious like what happens here apparently the entertainment industry here is stronger like there's a lot more like acting opportunities and uh, production that's starting to happen here. I don't know how much of it is mainstream. I don't know how much of it like goes to Netflix or Paramount or whatever, but that's what I've heard. So I don't know. You know, there's this thing they say in Texas, they call it the third coast, you know, kind of like Houston, that whole area, like the Gulf Coast being the third. I really genuinely wonder from an entertainment industry perspective, if Austin is really going to become a new hub of that. I don't know. You know, part of me likes the idea that it's independent of, you know, Hollywood and the Hollywood system. But if there's money to be made and there's content and product coming out of here, it's not going to remain independent forever. So what does that mean? I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens in the future, truly. You know, I want to see what happens like if... Uh, I don't know. Like, if, if it continues to grow, if it continues to become a new hub, is this where comedy lives now? Is Austin, Texas? If so, that's pretty cool, man. Because that means Rogan just, like, departed ways from the entire structure of all comedy, all entertainment. It was like, no, I'm going to go start my own with Blackjack and hookers in, uh, in Austin. And he fucking did. Dude, now that Shane's here, that's crazy. I mean, Shane's the biggest comic in the country. Well, maybe not the biggest, but the hottest. You know, I'm pretty sure like Chappelle and Kevin Hart are probably bigger, but he is everybody. I, I feel like so many people I've brought up Shane to who don't really spend a lot of time listening to comedy knew exactly who, who Shane was. Like, oh, he's great. Love him. My girlfriend loves him. You know, my friends like that are just, you know, my friend who's like a literal communist. He likes Shane, you know, so uh, I don't know. Pretty curious, man. It's a pretty interesting time. So much we were talking about is fucking that independent media going in a uh, contrasting 
the mainstream, being outside the propaganda machine. And look, this is exactly what it is, you know. And then I see the Daily Wire is making a new uh, a new movie, a new Snow White with Brett Cooper, which I was like, okay. I really cared about Snow White, but I guess I see why they're doing it, you know, because the Disney one's laughably bad. We'll see. I still think the Daily Wire's main problem is that they're still a conservative media network, and they're still going to be perceived that way. And until you can kind of separate that image, you're only going to get a portion of the population, you know. You're only going to get the people who are already kind of there and sort of in that circle, in my opinion. And I think it's, you know, I think that's a reasonable opinion. You know, if you go to the Daily Wire's homepage, there's banner ads for liberal tears mugs. You know, like that's a little, that's a little polarizing. I, I, I say I, I have a lot of conservative uh, beliefs and stuff like that. And even for me, I'm just like a little eye rolly. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I don't know. I, I'm excited though. The future of independent content, I think, is a great thing. I think the more people who don't need to like ask, you know, they don't need to be sanctioned. They don't need the authority. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing. You know, I, apparently the unions are really big here in Austin. So I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of wondering about the union. Like, what if I just made a movie, right? And then distributed it. Do I have to like, when did, when does it become I'm obligated to like the unions? How does that work? Because it's not like it's a law. It's not like I legally have to hire union actors. I just have to do it if I'm like playing by SAG's rules. Well, like when does SAG step in and have the authority to say, no, you can't do this if you don't use union, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's a good question. Something I should look into. Hello, Texas Taurus. Austin has the drugs. Austin sure does have the drugs. I will tell you that. Bar I used to work out work at in North Austin. Jesus Christ, so much coke at that bar. So much coke at that bar. That bar is no longer there. I'm not going to give away the name, but it's closed. So you know, I'm not not snitching on anybody. But there were bartenders doing lines behind the you know at, at work. I was just like, Jesus guys, this is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> this is a little crazy, guys. You know, having a drink or two at work, I get it. Bartenders, you know, takes the edge off, but. You guys are shit-faced. You're blasted at work, doing lines, partying. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, Austin does have quite the drug scene. That is a fact. Uh, Small time. Albuquerque, Atlanta, Austin definitely show that L.A. is not the end-all, be-all. No, that's true. That's true. Um, Difference with uh, the Albuquerque, Atlanta... Those things, though, are kind of like satellites of the greater, of the bigger office of like L.A. being like the uh, corporate home of all entertainment industry. They still report back. They're not doing their own thing. They're just like franchises of Hollywood. You know, they're still doing the same exact shit. They got the same exact mandates. They're written with the same the same people, same executives, same, you know, woke crap. They're all kind of the same thing. So as much as that is expanding, those things, though, they're still beholden to a greater master. I don't see comedy like that. I certainly don't see the Austin comedy scene like that at all. You know, I mean, although I used to when I first landed here, the open mics were pretty fucking woke. 
I would go to these open mics, and it was just like, God, it was just like socialism and shit like that. Just like real lefty, lefty takes. Uh, like, and I was like, ugh. This is not what I was hoping stand-up comedy was going to be like. I didn't think it was going to be a sounding board for shitty leftist ideas. I thought it was going to be like kind of the opposite, like independent. Like we're fighting for our own, you know, voice. We don't need it. It's like, oh, God, you guys are just leftists in comedy. Oh, that sucks. But apparently that's super big and super popular. Although I have seen some good open mics here. Don't get me wrong. I've seen some good open mics in Austin, Texas. The Creek in the Cave, I don't know if they still do it, but they had a great open mic. Super funny. I really enjoyed, like, the comics. The, lo- the local, there's a lot of local talent here. Ruben, Austin could become, like, the 1960s, a new Berkeley or Greenwich Village in Texas for free speech, entertainment, and an economic boom. Maybe. A lot of big tech here. You know, they're not the best with uh, free speech. They're really not. They're, they're kind of the, the one of the main drivers in making it not free speech to be honest and there's like the google buildings here oracle buildings here i mean i know elon's here and he's obviously still got his x experiment which is a good you know i was reflecting on that whole x thing and i was thinking about it like what's the uh you know what, what what's the state of the world now like what's the state of conversation because for so long it was just twitter dominated you know, the takes, the blue check marks. That was like the joke, right? The blue check marks on Twitter all having the same opinions. And that was like the big gag. And that doesn't exist anymore. Are things better or worse? You know, I I definitely think, and I'm not trying to shit on Twitter. First of all, my engagement is terrible there. My, my tweets get like 30, 40 views. It's fucking horrible. Like it's just no, no engagement at all. And secondly, that's just because I could just suck. I'm not saying it's Twitter's fault. I'm just saying for me, it's just like it's such an uphill battle to get, you know, one like, one retweet. It's like, it's, I don't even like doing this. It's like I just do it to market, and it doesn't even seem to have that much of a response anyway. But, man, the bots. Jesus, the bots are alive and well on Elon's Twitter, man. They're everywhere. I, I feel like anytime I get a new follower, it's a bot. Bot, getting messages from bots, just bots, bots all day long on that platform. Now, I don't know if that's uh, Elon's fault or if that's just the nature of the beast, but oh my God, so many bots, so many bots and no engagement. And then it's like, like I said, I think it's a good thing. There's a platform now for not just liberals to go yell at everybody. That's great. But it's also kind of got that same vibe just now. It's just kind of more right-wing stuff you know it's just kind of my entire feed is just like dunking and stories about this and don't you i'm just like oh god i don't need that either man i don't need that either it still it still seems just as toxic it's just not dominated by one ideology anymore which i guess is a good thing i don't know small time says maybe shapiro's sister will be the evil queen and have a tight-fitting top we can only hope small time fingers crossed on that one you know I'll, uh, I'll I'll pray, I'll pray to that one. Uh, Shapiro's been pretty spicy recently. A lot of people are spun up about this whole Israel and uh, Palestine thing. It's a pretty intense conversation, and I think I I did a little bit of it in my video, and Ryan Long did a good video about it last week about uh, actors not knowing which side 
to pick, which is pretty goddamn funny. Uh, Tim Dillon had a good tweet about it where he was saying, uh, you know, like it's like this real magnanimous just kind of like this is a time for healing and da-da-da-da-da. And please disregard the f- last five posts that my team made me take down sincerely like Hollywood actress or whatever. It, it's it's an interesting one because it's it's kind of a lot of infighting on the left, right? Like the, the right knows what they think about this one. They know who the good guy and who the bad guy is, and they're all in with Israel. Uh, no, there's no real debate there. But the left, it, they're pretty fractured. <laughs> and it's eating them alive, which is goddamn hilarious. Uh, for instance, for instance, there is an actor group that's all signed a petition or a letter or something like that that is uh, condemning Israel uh, about the uh, war. They're, they're saying war crimes. So letter from 2,000 actors and musicians slammed for accusing Israel of war crimes while ignoring Hamas terrorist slaughter. A letter signed by more than 2,000 actors, artists, and musicians, including Tilda Swinton and Steve Coogan. Now, I like Steve Coogan. That sucks that he's taken this stance, which is actually kind of interesting, too, because there's a series of movies that he did called uh, The Trip. There's, I think there's four or five of them. There's The Trip. The trip to Italy, the trip to Spain, the trip to Greece. So I guess there's four. And in the trip to Spain, Steve Coogan's character is kind of like sounding off about all the crusade stuff because they're always very into history in these movies. And the whole and he's kind of sounding off about the Middle East and like Christians and being kind of a pukey liberal about it. But then at the end of this, the end of this movie, spoiler alert, he actually ends up in North Africa and gets like. I think kidnapped, it's implied he gets kidnapped or killed by this terrorist group. So kind of, I think the point of the movie was trying to make is that it's not as simple as it sounds, right? You can just say these like douchey kind of leftist Hollywood dumb shit things. But at the end of the day, it's a pretty complicated situation. And I was like, that was a, yeah, that was pretty ballsy of them to put that out there like that. I've respected it. Uh, but now Coogan's one of the guys in this Letter, being a being a twat, being a being a douche. Now look, I I don't care if like, you know, whatever. You support Palestine. I I, think, I do think this whole situation is pretty complicated. But <laughs> like, are you pro baby murder, dude? Like, you gotta you gotta draw the line somewhere, man. There's a it's it's. I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can see it the way you're seeing it. But uh, let's see here. Oh, there's an open letter. Is there, is, do we actually have the letter? That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now more than 3,300 have signed. It says, We are witnessing a crime and a catastrophe. Israel has reduced much of Gaza to rubble and cut off the supply of water, power, food, and medicine to 2.3 million Palestinians. In the words of the UN's Undersecretary of Humanity Affairs, the specter of death is hanging over the territory. Gaza is already a society of refugees, and the children of refugees now in their hundreds of thousands bombarded from air, sea, and land. Palestinians whose grandparents were forced out of their homes at the barrel of a gun are now being told to flee or face collective punishment. Blah, 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 blah. Our governments are not only tolerating war crimes, but aiding and abetting them. Blah, 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 blah. But now we condemn the violence. We, su- we support. Here we go. We support the global movement against the destruction of Gaza and the mass displacement of the Palestinian people. We demand that our governments and their military and political support for Israel's actions. Wow. And we call for immediate ceasefire in the opening of Gaza's crossing to allow humanitarian aid to enter unyielded. 
so it does kind of sound like it's I don't I look so much of this is more complicated than I am qualified to to comment on and I'm not just saying that to be like a fence rider I really don't know enough about any of this to have like a concrete opinion from where I'm sitting from what I have seen I I don't know how you could be on Palestine side that's just my thing I've tried to break it all down I know it's complicated but it also seems like historically they've just like don't they have like an anti like isn't it they want to kill Jews like that's like their thing like Hamas so I don't know are you on their side at all ever that's a tough stance to get behind man I'm sorry that's a tough one so from where I'm seeing, it just doesn't look like there's any I don't I don't see how you can be on their side. Now I can understand wanting to open humanitarian aid, but Israel supplies them with power. Why is it their responsibility to continue to do so? I don't I may like I said, I don't think I understand the situation well enough, but it's just kind of like, well then they're doing that out of the goodness of their hearts and there's a lot of murder coming out of that region directed at them so they're like oh fuck yourself guess you're gonna have to go power your own shit now you know i i don't know it seems like a weird one i i don't it's just i don't even know why they is is there i'm sure there's more to it than that because i don't know what i'm i really don't know what i'm talking about here i've done very little research on this subject but just from what i'm seeing i'm just like i don't know man they, it, they're pretty clearly the bad guys to me i don't know but it is pretty funny to see them like all kind of infighting you know that i think that's rad for me because i think that's just hilarious to that there's like there's no clear take you know that was the joke in my little short is that you know progressive women are so uh, there's it's just such a like ideological you're, you're basically battling with a whole ideology not just an individual when you have like a discussion like that you know people are like in the comments are like why don't you just tell them the truth i'm like i did i always did and that and it always resulted in some kind of fracture or fight or argument or something like that because they're so committed. So the joke is lie because they'd rather hear you fucking lie. They'd rather hear what they want you to want to hear because it's, it's too fucking dicey to disagree with them in this climate and in these cities, especially as a white guy. Forget it. Forget it. You, you are immediately the villain no matter what. You better have the right opinion, pal, or you're getting in trouble. And like people like you know, got upset. They're like, mm, doing the truth. It's like, yeah. first of all, it's a joke, idiot. And secondly, this is why you lie. Because people are like, fucking Trump died. Nah. <laughs> fucking jerk offs. But the last joke was uh, just about her asking about Israel, Palestine, and maybe like, uh, and not having an answer because there is no clear answer, right? Like it's, it, it, you know, like I said, with the Republicans, you know, right wing, you know, with the left, I don't know. Like, if I had to kind of guess where they're seat, like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it really depends, man. Because it used to be, you know, anti-Semitism was, like, one of the worst problems in America just, like, a few months ago. And now they're, like, these goddamn colonizing Jews. <laughs> like, that changed real quick, dude. That was a, that was a instant, man. That was, like, the speed of electricity. <laughs> it wasn't even, like, a grieving period or like a time to think about it it was like that wow you went from goddamn white supremacists and anti-semitism to these colonizing zionists <laughs> like so fast oh oh golly 
small time republic do those pro palestinian actors realize who signs their checks yeah that's the weird one that that's a weird one too coming out of hollywood pro palestine you're like really okay i don't know i'm just glad it ain't me <laughs> i'm glad i'm not caught up in that crossfire because i've kind of made it a point to not really be picking sides kind of have my own ideas about the situation and not really uh not really be alleged alleged what's the word not be in alliance with any side or any political ideology i gotta take from the ones that i agree with and i believe in those but i'm certainly not beholden to some mass but man these people are that's a tricky spot for those poor actors man <laughs> it's a tough one it's a tough one uh our governments okay not tolerating more but for now Da, 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 da. We demand the governments. Come on, Steve. What are you doing, buddy? The letter makes no mention of how Hamas terrorists murdered at least 1,400 people and took 200 hostages. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you do about that, dude. The terrorists have reportedly been ordered to target elementary schools and youth centers in Israel to kill as many people as possible during their bloody sneak attack on October 7th. I mean... I don't know, dude. They don't seem like the good guys to me. I don't know. They really don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, it's it's. I'm glad I don't have to pick a side here. Very, very, very relieved. But ooh. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you look at the guys who are kin killing kids. I mean, like those poor people. <laughs> They've really got it rough. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Yes. Also, words are words are violence. Silence is violence, but actual violence isn't really violence. So, uh, yeah. Pretty wild. Pretty wild time we're living in. Pretty interesting. All right. So we got actors making idiots of themselves. We got South Park mocking the uh, race swapping. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin might get recharged. Remember that story? On the movie, what was it called? Rust was the movie. Alec Baldwin uh, kind of shot that chick. Not kind of, did shoot that chick. And it was very uh, controversial. We talked a lot about it. I remember Jake D had a pretty fiery point of view on that, that there's absolutely no reason, and I agree with him, there's absolutely no reason why there should have been live ammunition anywhere near that set, and he's correct, and that they were just like firing these prop guns off in the woods, just like, oh, and then accidentally left a live round killing a woman. Like, I guess in that regard, when I was, you know, it's good to have like a union, it's good to have like people there that are looking out after that and making sure it's not like innocent people getting shot right like because you didn't check the fucking gun and because your armorer was like a 23 year old girl maybe in that regard but that was a union shoot so i don't know i don't know but uh prosecutors will recharge alec baldwin over lethal movie shooting after results from independent forensic test um here Prosecutors in New Mexico said they would file charges against actor Alec Baldwin again over the shooting incident that claimed the life of the cinematographer. Special Prosecutor Carrie Morrissey said the charges against Baldwin would be brought before a Santa Fe grand jury in November. 
The accidental shooting injured director Joel Souza and killed 42-year-old cinematographer Halnia Hutchins. Dude, what a bad day on set that must have been. Jesus Christ. Baldwin was holding the gun when it went off, but he claimed numerous times he did not pull the trigger on the weapon. Jake D., are you still there? You know a lot about guns. What's the likelihood of that? What's the likelihood that a live round is in this gun and it just cooks off without his interference? Does anyone know? I feel like that's mighty unlikely. I don't know for sure, but that's my inclination. Um, let me know. If anyone knows, please let me know. That sounds unlikely. Um... Prosecutors say that an independent forensic test has found that Baldwin must have pulled the trigger on the revolver in order for it to go off. That's what I would assume. After extensive investigation over the past several months, addition, additional facts have come to light we believe show Mr. Baldwin has criminal culpability in the death of Helena Hutchins and the shooting of Joel Souza. We believe the appropriate course of action is to permit a panel of New Mexico citizens to determine from here whether Mr. Baldwin should be held for a criminal trial. The statement continued. Attorneys for Baldwin responded with a brief statement. It is unfortunate that a terrible tragedy has been turned into this misguided prosecution. We will answer any charges in court. Smart response. Um, but yeah. Oh, okay. In October, Baldwin and the movie's producers settled a wrongful death lawsuit. So he you know, paid out because he killed her with the family of Helena Hutchins and then went on to finish the movie in May. Oh, wow. The movie's coming out. <laughs> All right, well, that's interesting. Be curious to check out the blood-drenched movie Rust and see if it really was worth someone's life. Probably not, though. But pretty interesting. I mean, uh, I don't know. Baldwin might get charged again. Pretty curious. Pretty curious. I don't know. I don't know. This is interesting. Let's see how you guys feel about this, because I didn't know how to feel about it. I was like, oh, that was, like, cuter than I expected. But I'll, I'll show you guys this video real quick. And you tell me what you think. Because I saw this earlier, and I was like, that's interesting, but also kind of insane. I don't know. You tell me. Oh, whoops. What's going on here? Wait, why is this not playing? Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, heavens. I'm boomering it. Sorry, guys. Boomer. Boomer. Goddamn. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Technical difficulties. Don't abandon ship. There we go. All right. Comedian tracks down toll. Troll. I was on stage in Birmingham. Some guy shouted out chicken wire. I got off stage and I assumed that was the end of it. But no, every time I post on my Facebook fan page for the last 10 years, he comments and he writes chicken wire. But he made a mistake. He used his real name. I found him on LinkedIn. I know where he works now. So today, I'm driving 150 miles to EE in Dudley to pay him a little visit. He's an assistant manager. Working there for 10 years, you should be more than an assistant manager, you loser. What even is chicken wire? I guess it's the wire they put on chicken cages. I'm not a chicken. Why are you shouting chicken wire at me for the last 10 years? Chicken wire! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! I win! You lose! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! This is years in the making! He's been trolling me for 10 years! And now I win! 10 years! He has been trolling me! Chicken wire! Chicken wire! I win! 10 years ago, I was on stage in Birmingham. Hmm. Some guy 
Well, do you in fact feel that he has won? I don't know. That was a little weird. Like, it made me uncomfortable when I saw the title and I was like, what did he do? Like, some guy heckled him and 10 years later he got vengeance? Okay. I checked it out and it was like, huh. I mean, I don't know why he's posting chicken wire, but who cares? I mean, you know, I get a bunch of comments on YouTube. Well, I get some comments uh, occasionally. But I don't really, uh, I don't know, like, if someone on my video, I've been doing YouTube for over three years. If someone on my every video, every post I ever did put chicken wire, I would be curious. I'd be like, what the hell? Is that like a reference to the Blues Brothers where they threw the bottles at him and it hit the chicken wire and shattered because he sucks? Is that what the joke is? I'd just be curious. But I wouldn't. It's a weird thing. I guess for 10 years, someone doing that is a little crazy. But, I mean, I guess he went viral for it. It's content. But even when he got there, like, it wasn't that funny. He just goes, chicken wire, chicken wire, I won, and it's over. I'm like, okay, man. You know, get a hobby. Go build some Legos, you know? That Ghost of Tsushima game is amazing. Go play that. <laughs> You know, go past the time that way. I, I just, I can't understand him. Just be like, oh, this guy and his chicken wire comments. I think I just start off by messaging him. Be like, what's with all the chicken wire? What's, what's the deal with that? Why do you keep doing that? Her at mentioned him on Twitter or something. But to drive 150 miles each direction to just go in there and yell chicken wire. Okay. Pwned, I guess. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, that was insane, man. That was a little bit of a weird, that was a weird thing to do. Bizarre. Yeah, low spec. That's how I feel. Just kind of like, huh? What? Why'd you do that? <laughs> Why did you do that, man? I don't know. I was like, all right. Got him. Yep. In his face. Fucking insane. Pretty wild. Um, <laughs> all right. Here we go. There's a few other things I had, like, marked, but they're so boring. I just kind of more like uh, – like, there was there was a pretty good one going around. That I, was, I mean, if you guys have been on Twitter or Instagram today, you've probably seen it if you follow, like, any kind of right-wing media. There is, like, an insurrection at the Capitol today. <laughs> it's all these pro-Palestinian uh, people, like, took over the Capitol and staged a protest. And you're like – yeah, pretty sure you sent a lot of people to jail for the rest of their lives for that exact thing. Um, I, I imagine you'll handle it the same way, right? Pretty sure? Pretty sure? No, don't think so. Don't think so. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where you're just, like, so beaten down uh, that you're just kind of like, all right. Israel, more than 300 people. Well, I guess they were arrested, so that's good. 300 people were arrested and detained while calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. But uh, U.S. Capitol Police. U.S. Capitol Police demonstration activity. Oh, it's a, it's a demonstration. Not a, This time it's a, it's a demonstration, not an insurrection. Okay. All right. Well, well I'm sure they're all going to go away for the rest of their lives. I feel like they also probably weren't ushered through and given a tour 
Pretty sure there were no cops letting the barriers down for them. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to end up in prison for the rest of their lives. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how that one's going to play out. But there was that story, and Michael Rappaport is making an ass of himself. Not, not really. He's like, that guy, you ever watch him? He, he's like, he's an actor, right, obviously. He's kind of a comedic actor. But he's just such a hot take artist, too. And he, he I don't know, he just ir- he irks me. And I guess as someone who's like on a stream doing hot takes, it's a little, what's the word, like uh, hypocritical of me to be like, oh, this guy on, on the internet saying what he thinks, what a douche, you know. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just kind of irks me when he does it. And he was calling out the uh, the squad for their anti-Israel uh, statement. But it's just kind of like, I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. You, you're coming across like a douche. But in other news... Loch Ness Monster, heard about it. I'm sure you've heard about it throughout the years. Guess what? Real. The Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> apparently quite real. Aliens are real. Bigfoot's real. Loch Ness is real. Come on, guys. Get up with it. Is the Loch Ness Monster, is this the Loch Ness Monster? Clearest evidence yet captured by stunned onlooker. I don't know. Let's see. Oh, there's going to be an ad. Of course, there's going to be a stupid ad for... Ew. Come on. God damn it. Why are you making me look at that? That's the that's the photo? That? <laughs> Come on, dude. You cannot be serious. Look at that terrible vi- photo. That could be anything. It could be rocks. They are still keeping this one going, huh? Nessie's still real. Clearest evidence yet. Alrighty, I mean, I can't even, uh, I can't even. Amid the flurry of alleged Nessie sightings at the, of late, one Scottish photographer has reportedly captured the most definitive proof that the iconic Loch Ness Monster isn't just a myth. The Loch Ness Center has recently reported a new sighting of Scotland's beloved monster, which is possibly the clearest evidence yet of Nessie's existence. The alleged encounter occurred on October 8th around 5 p.m. John Howley reported her spotting a 12 to 15 foot Nessie shaped figure moving through Loch Ness towards the tree line. Why is his camera so shit? Dude, I hope it's real, but that is the worst photo I've ever seen. What was he using? Was he using one of those like 19, 1890s cameras that you gotta go poof and it's just like a puff of smoke comes out? <laughs> That is the lowest resolution. My iPhone could definitely get a better photo than that. What the hell? <laughs> the grift in Loch Ness is real. I agree, small time. I mean, but damn, dude, how is this a story? Like, look at that terrible photo. That's awful. That's absolutely awful. Ah. It's, and no, it's likely not just a whale penis. Okay, good to know. I mean, come on. Jesus, New York Post, you are reaching. And I am reaching talking about it, I tell you. I tell you what. I tell you what. Um, I guess there's another Bigfoot sighting, too. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's been weird. You know, the past few podcasts I've done here, 
I've like, you know, I normally try to do like a fair amount of research or at least try to find a bunch of topics to talk about. Because when you're by yourself, it gets a little rough. And I don't really care what's going on in Hollywood. Like, I don't really care about the Ahsoka or Marvel or any of that shit. And that's, that was my, you know, that's how I started talking about all this stuff. But I honestly, man, I, I'm so burnt on any of that. I just can't care. I just can't care. Me and my girlfriend started watching Ted Lasso. Hello, Keely. Uh, we started watching the Ted Lasso show. Actually really like it. You know? It was one of those shows that, like, all the normies were watching. And I'm just kind of like, I'm probably going to hate that. And started it and did. I was like, this sucks. This sense of humor is whack. This is so cutesy and lame. And then I work with a guy who's like, no, 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 dude. I thought the same thing. Now that it's over, I can't believe it's over and I don't get any more Ted Lasso. And I was like, all right, all right. You fucking say so. So I went back to my girlfriend's place the next night and I was like, listen, I know this sounds crazy, but I want to give this show one more shot. She's like, why? And I'm like, just let's just try. She's like, all right. And so we tried, we started watching end of the first episode. I was like, okay, kind of, I kind of see what this is about. I see what's going on here. And then like, honestly, like three episodes in, I was like, I was like, really? Like, that is so fucking cute. Like, I just, it was like, shit, this show is adorable. Like, it does have a really good heart. And it's like, it doesn't really do any of the obnoxious things that so many shows do. It's got like a good, like, like a good true north. And it just kind of goes in that direction. It's super fun. It like, sometimes it is very funny. Sometimes it's kind of corny. But for the most part, overall, it's just a nice, like, enjoyable adorable kind of show and i was watching that i was watching hostiles the other night i i don't know i guess for me i just don't feel like i need to have a take on everything i feel like i don't need to like keep an eye out on what's going out on there and i just talk about it it just for me i just don't have any interest in doing that like it's i don't know by the way it's completely covered you don't need me to do it you know it's not it's just not I, – I don't think I'm the best for it. There's plenty of other people that do it, make it much more interesting. You know, like Mahler's video about Ahsoka was great. And it's just so much more. It's like, good, you guys got it. But then it's like, well, what do I talk about? I don't know. I guess anything else. And then I go to the news sites and I'm trying to come up with topics. I'm trying to find articles for us to read and watch. And like, god damn, dude, recently it's just been all Israel and Hamas. It's all it's been – and I'm like, yeah. trying to find like a funny angle on that shit, but it is exhausting. It is stressful. And it is like, uh, man, you know, we're just like the quirky, weird news stories. You know, I want something funny. And it's like everyone's energy has been kind of shifted. You know, even the people who are just like this word's racist and trans, all that has all just now gone there. And it's all just that now this is the culture war. I'm just like, uh, you know, I'll keep an eye on it, but it's not something I can really spend all that much energy on. It's not something I even really, you know, even understand. Like I was watching like uh, the Lotus Eaters have a really good video about um, like the history of that region and like how far back it goes and all this. And I was like, oh, that's pretty sick. Like, I like that. You know, that's helpful to me because I don't fucking know. So cool. And I, I'm just trying to like, gather information here i certainly don't have like a passionate take but it's like what the hell else am i going to talk about here you know <clears throat> when it was the culture crime fighters me and Vidge could just talk about our days but now it's me 
just on the stream by myself. And it's just like, man, even if I cared about this shit, I couldn't talk about it all day. So it's just kind of been a weird time. Thanks, Thoth. Appreciate you, buddy. Trying. Trying to make it entertaining. Trying to make it interesting. Trying to give you something. This is a tricky one, man. It's a tricky one right now. It's just all anyone could talk about. It's all any news sites covering. It's everything. It's just that shit. I don't fucking know. Uh, small time. I actually enjoyed Loki. But people feel like they are required to hate it. That's an interesting take. I think that's true about a lot of things. You know, I, I think you're kind of required to hate it. Like, you know, Mauler is the guy who talks about how good Andor is, which makes me want to watch it because I respect his opinion usually. Not on everything, but most things. He hates The Expanse, which I don't fucking understand. But um, no one talks about it, you know, because it's like you're kind of, like you said, you feel like you're required to hate on it. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I get that because it's like we don't really want more of this Star Wars shit. But I genuinely do just want good content. And I can't, I'm not equipped for a culture war like that. I, I can't just like pick up stakes and, you know, fight for every everything that comes out and give you my take and trash on it. I don't know. I just don't care, man. It's just boring for me. I just want to, I want to enjoy things and enjoy content and find cool shit and talk about it, you know, or make it. That's more fun for me than anything. So I guess I'll just be focusing on that. You know, it's tough. It's really, it's really challenging out here to like, I don't know. It's almost like, it's almost like I kind of yearn for the days when it was just, uh, you know, the She-Hulk sucks and fucking, you know, all these things. Cause it's like, all right, well, at least we have some juicy topics to talk about. We could get everyone started up. But now it's just kind of like, ugh. And I've seen so many dead people in the past few weeks. <laughs> I'm sick of it, man. I don't like it. I really don't enjoy it. Lord Thoth, I hate Loki because I'm a massive Thor comic fan dating back to the 60s. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because a lot of people hate uh, Dread for that same reason. And I love that movie, but I guess it's nothing like the comics or it's something like there's something that people just don't appreciate. They're like, it's not a Judge Dread story at all. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have that bias. Obviously, I always want things to be honored to the source material, but I don't really have any kind of dog in that fight. I'm just not interested. Like, I, I don't know. Like, all the breakdowns I saw about Loki with, like, the time police and the timelines and the multiverse shit, I don't care. Like, that seems lame to me. But then again, I you know, I just want an entertaining show. So if it's good, I mean, I should watch it. I do want to watch that Andor show, you know? I'm curious. The strike's over. Hopefully we'll get Severance Season 2 soon. I don't know. Small time. It definitely seems like a deconstruction of the character. I enjoyed it because it seems competent, unlike most Marvel shows. Word. Uh, Lord Thoth, I love Dread, and I love the comic, too. If you treat the character right, it can work. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that was pretty badass. Like, I, I really love that movie. I think it's such a cool idea. And just the drug and everything in there was just so fucking interesting. I really dug it, but um, I get it. It is a tough time. Like, I, I've shifted away from genre content because it really just... There just isn't anything all that good out there for it for us in that regard. Stop going down, microphone. Look at this. You son of a bitch. There we go. Yeah, okay, good. Um, yeah, it's like that's a bummer. Cause I like genre content. I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. I like that stuff. But it's like that's all. It's all dead right now. You know, we need we need like a like we need like a real way a real rain to come and wash away the streets. Travis Bickle style. 
But honestly, I mean, it just I just feel like it all needs to be like kind of reset and start over. Because what what is good in in this content right now? Like, I, I don't give a shit about the MCU. I definitely don't care about any of the Star Wars stuff. Like the Lord of the Rings brand has been decimated. That Wheel of Time thing looks horrible. Like fantasy, sci-fi, genre content is dead right now. Just absolutely dead. Even if it's popular and makes money, it's dead. There's nothing. There's nothing in there. I hear people say Strange New Worlds is pretty good. Maybe. I don't really care. I, I, I you know, I need you to come back to me. You know, I, I'm a fan of this stuff, but the thing is a lot of this shit is old and older than Hollywood, and there's a lot of stuff out there that is still worth experiencing. There's still a third um, Altered Carbon book I haven't read, which is supposed to be terrific. You know what I mean? That'll take up how many hours of my life? I got that Ghost of Tsushima game. Fucking phenomenal. I don't need it. I don't need your new shit. I don't need to be on it. I don't need to talk about it. It doesn't really interest me. I just want to, you know, just wanna, I want to enjoy things. I really do. And I, I think all, all the juice in the tank of trashing what they've done to our legacy characters and all that stuff, I think that's all been spent. I think we, you need to move the – like I think you need to take the next step into the conversation as to why are they doing that. You know, it's like, yeah, they're doing it. Yeah, Hollywood stinks. But why? There's something bigger at play here. It's got nothing to do with like Luke Skywalker. It's got much more to do with like global politics, Maoist cultural revolution and shit like that. Like that is the, it's the conversation now to me, if you're keeping an eye on this stuff. Whether or not Hollywood stinks to me is irrelevant at this point because they do. And the question is, why are they like that? Where is this coming from? Why is academia so saturated in communism? Why is America like accepting so much of this shit that's so destructive and so hateful? Why? Where does that come from? To me, that's, that's where this conversation is at now. And I just can't be like, and I, I'm not the guy, by the way. Like, uh, watch James Lindsay, watch Razor Fist, watch, you know, uh, Carl Benjamin. Those guys know. They're on the fucking cutting edge. But... I personally can't just be like, and this show sucks. It's like, yeah, I know, man. We all know it sucks. Like, it's just at this point, like, what are you saying? You could say why. And I guess, like, if you want to get into, like, a street fight with, like, the fans, like the Ahsoka fans, I guess you can go do that. But why, man? All that shit they think they love, they will not rewatch it. No one's going back to rewatch The Mandalorian, dude. That shit will be a for a memory in like five years. Be like, oh yeah. It's got no staying power. It's got no depth. Just like the Star Wars, the, the sequel trilogy, no one's gonna rewatch that shit. Angle it's not it's not gonna last. It's not gonna be carried through history. It will fade. So let them think. You know, you wanna monetize it, that's fine, but like it shouldn't give you even one second of unrest. If these people are out there like saying Ahsoka's great and all this shit, it's like it isn't. We know it isn't. Let those idiots talk. They're fucking. You know, I mean, they're they're dangled with they're, uh, you dangle keys in front of their face and they're distracted. Like they're they're not the whatever. They can have their opinion. They can say what they want to say. Who gives a shit about it? It means nothing. And they will change with the wind and the tide the second it changes. So it doesn't matter. Their opinions mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. Strange New Worlds is worse than Discovery. All right, heard Thoth. I don't need to check it out. 
Uh, small time Andor and Rogue One. The only things I found okay with Disney Star Wars Dave Filoni as a child. Yeah, he stinks, dude. He stinks. And now I'm just going to do what I said I wasn't going to do. But fucking uh, Zach's had me on a few weeks ago to talk about the Ahsoka show. And I was mad he made me watch it, man. <laughs> I watched that first episode and I was like, it wasn't even that bad. It was just so boring. It was so dull. Nothing happened. So much talking and the editing. And then like when you see, all, I saw all the clips of where it went. Her, like, cutting down spaceships, you know, with the lightsabers. She's exactly that character that was in the, the South Park thing that we just ha- showed. Where they're all just, like, sassy woman of color who doesn't give a fuck. It's just, like, cool. I mean, dope. Like, I don't know. Destroy the brand. I don't care. You can't get me to care about this stuff anymore. I, I just can't. I won't. I don't. Let it go right on by. Start watching the new season of Yellowstone, dude. Whatever. I'm here for good content, and that's it. You know, the only thing, I, I still working on my Barbie video, because that is fucking evil. That is pure evil, and that needs to be stomped out. That is a evil, evil movie. That is so much worse than I expected. That is pure, unadulterated evil, the Barbie movie. But all right, folks. I think that's going to do it for me today for this 36th episode of the Everford Podcast. Sorry if it was a little... Wasn't a whole lot to... So little to talk about, man. So little to talk about right now that isn't fucking Israel and Hamas, and I don't know how to make that funny or interesting. So, uh, yeah, doing my best. Going to keep coming at you with new content. Keep an eye out for the new stuff. Like I said, also, uh, don't forget to go to the MFR podcast channel and subscribe because that's where all these episodes are going to end up eventually. And hopefully, hopefully, I will be able to just do it all there and just keep it there including the streaming, but right now, I don't. I mean, there's no presence over there yet. So go over there and be one of the few. Be one of the chosen few and go sign up for the MFR podcast over uh, just subscribe. That's where all these episodes are going to end up when they're done. All right, folks. Thank you so very much for watching today. I hope you have a great day, a great afternoon, a great Thursday evening. Go make something of it, you know? Go have a good old time. <laughs> trying to see what I could end in with today's show what's a good one? Oh, i guess we'll just go out with reuben dancing all right y'all have a great day thank you so much for watching press like if you haven't all that good shit i'll talk to you soon bye oh that